You had me at... Hell no! Welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Alan. And thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you're new, we're really happy to meet you. If you're returning, we're also very happy to meet you. We're very grateful. We've never met, but something tells me we've met in another life. What? I'm a poet. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, this is the podcast where we talk about romance movies. Yes, we do. Certainly, certainly. And uh, our end game is to just figure out why romance is such an appealing genre, even though it's not great for ladies, POC, and the queer community. It, it's not great. It's not great. And also, we aren't people who typically are drawn to this genre. Mel, what type of movie do you like? I usually go for horror or mm-hmm. some really gory Dumb, spooky shit. What are you usually drawn to? Ooh, my I like a uh, like a action movie, usually kind of cheesy. Um, a heist where it's like, how are we going to prove our friendship? Let's steal something. You As do. Friends. You do love action movies that cross crime with friendship. Yes. You know, if the, there's no friendship, you're not interested. I, it's true. If there's no friendship, I'm like, why are they doing this? That's Let's true. Because when other. we watched when we watched Crank. I enjoyed Crank. There's no friendship in Crank, though. But there's a Jason Statham in Crank. I got so drunk watching Crank. <laughs> I I played the pro-level drinking game by myself. Really? You, you were are, there. Did I? Was I also drinking? I don't think you were drinking at my speed. Which is valid. Because the problem is, if you are drunk, that means I am gone. That's true. I have a much higher tolerance Not than gone, you. Not gone, but like, anyway... Let's get into today's movie, which I did have some alcohol while we watched it. Oh, yeah. I wasn't... I don't want to make it seem like either of us have a drinking problem, because we don't. You're... uh, Who thought we had a drinking problem? (laughs) Everyone now that I said that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we're going to talk about today's movie, uh, which is Stardust. 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 I don't... uh, I'll think of another accent later. Um, yeah, this is a fun one, but, uh, first, Wyatt, let's check in. I like action, Mel likes horror, and, uh, we have someone who doesn't, uh, watch as many movies, our sound engineer, Tiffer. Hi, Tiff. Hello. Hi, Allie. Hi, Mel. <laughs> how you doing? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Well, very good. Beautiful. Um, Tiff, have you seen the movie Stardust? Yes. It's the one based on the Neil Gaiman. Yes. Novel. Yes. 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 I, I have a very fond memory of watching this at a friend's house, Amy Broderick, who I believe ah, listens to yeah. this Shout podcast. Out to Amy. Shout out to Amy. We Shout all out know to you Amy. and we all love you. We all like you a lot, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. No, it was a magical movie. I really <laughs> liked it. Yay. Yay. I'm so glad. Well, that's been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. It's one of like three movies Tiff's actually seen. <laughs> that's not Star Wars. That's yeah. not Star Wars. His whole life. <laughs> if, 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 you knew, life. if you knew the conversations the three of us have had about Star Wars, get ready. Oh, well, someday we may or may not be doing Attack of the Clones, and Tiffer will have some words for us on that. So <laughs> We'll all have words. Anyway, 
Stardust, 2007, based on a Neil Gaiman novel. I liked this movie. I also really enjoyed this movie. It's epic. It's not quite too epic, Uh and it's not too high fantasy. So it's accessible, but Mm -hmm. also the boundaries and the rules of the universe are very clear, which Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's fun. It's a movie where I'm, uh, there are moments in it where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I should like this so much, but I like it so much. Like, I there are definitely too. tropes where I'm like, oh, oh boy. But the cast is so good. It's so fun. It's so light. It's so watchable that you're like, this is fun. I'm having a good time. Yeah, exactly. It's a well-done movie. And it it's, it's, I think, above all, not only is it well-done and high quality, mm-hmm. but it's fun to watch. It's super fun to watch. Because, you know, there are some movies that are clearly done very well. Mm-hmm. That aren't fun to watch? The Hurt Locker. <laughs> okay. Not a romance, but incredibly well made, very difficult to watch. Yeah. What, what were you thinking of? Uh, I didn't have anything in mind, so I'm glad that you gave an example. <laughs> <laughs> All of The Hurt Locker has, has very watchable moments. Anyway... It's a great little fantasy romance movie. It's Um, so good. And the cast is honestly amazing. You've got Claire Danes and What's-His-Face who plays Daredevil. Charlie Cox. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also got... Michelle uh, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, our goddess, our queen. Queen. We've got Mark Strong, Jason Fleming. Uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else do we have? Who am I forgetting? There's a lot. Every every person who's ever been in like a British TV series Mm -hmm. or movie or Shakespeare is in this. Has like a line in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The guy that plays Arthur Weasley, whose name I always forget, he plays Jasper in the Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians. I also forget his name, but he's great. Arthur Weasley's in this. Arthur Weasley is in this. He's great. He plays a goat man. Goat man. A man goat. A goat. A goat turned into a man. Oh, you know who else is in this movie very briefly that you love? Henry Cavill. Yes. And he's got a blonde wig oh, and a mustache. <laughs> and he maybe is a little bit gay. Oh. Or maybe a lot bit gay. He might be. It's great. Uh, uh, let's get into the movie. Oh, we should probably talk about the plot. Okay, so it's set in like kind of turn of the century, I want to say. I would agree. Uh, in in uh, England. In a small little town called Wall. Mm -hmm. Why is it called Wall, you may ask? Because it's surrounded by a giant ancient wall. Wall. And the idea is that on the other side of the wall is the magical world, this magical place called Stormhold. Although I don't think the people of Wall know it's called Stormhold. No, they just know that they don't cross the wall. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole thing. And one day, like one night, this dude... Uh, oh, Ben Barnes. That, that, I wrote down that pretty bitch. <laughs> you had already had some wine. That's oh, what she calls Ben Barnes. I, that pretty bitch. And, and you, there's a certain level of like cute person where at a certain point my brain is like this pretty bitch, which is rude and disrespectful and objectifying. I recognize that. But also, if you look at him, you're like, this pretty bitch. You're not wrong. This pretty bitch thinks here, here. he can, thinks he can t- come into my house. You were at my house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is a guy in the at wall, 
And he's talking to the old man who guards the wall. And he's like, let me through. Because there's like a little break in the bricks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just let me go to the other side of the wall. And he's like, no, nobody crosses the wall. And the boy's like, okay, psych. And he runs and he goes and he sees this magical world. And there's a market with all kinds of fancy things. And at this market is a full-on Hadi Bumbulati who works at this cart. <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, what? You guys don't say Hottie Bumbalati? No, I've never heard. In the five years we've been best friends, I've never heard you say those words. Hottie Bumbalati? No, and now you've said it three times in a row. I feel like I must have said it. No, absolutely not. I would remember. Well, you got what I mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But like, what? What? Should I say fine peace? That's demeaning. No! <laughs> You're putting words into my mouth. A hottie bumbalati. So anyways, uh, he goes... <laughs> this guy goes into the kingdom of Stormwolf. No, he's at this market, and there's this hottie bumbalati <laughs> working this, like, flower stand. And she's like, hey. <laughs> she's buying what he's selling. She's, oof. She's and selling... She's selling it. But her, like, kind of mistress that is in charge of her is like, I'm not going to serve you. Here, you serve him. And the hottie bumbalati walks up and is like, hey, um, you want to buy something? <laughs> she doesn't talk like that. It's more British. But um, she essentially gives him a, fl- a glass flower mm-hmm. that provides protection. But in we return. We find that out later. Which, well, she says that it'll protect him and that it's important. No, she says it'll bring you luck. Oh, you're right. Later, yeah. Later. We find out that the luck is protection. Yeah. Unclear, but whatever. And the price that he has to pay is having sex with her. So well, they... no, first she says, this, is, this costs a kiss. And he's like, oh, okay. And he goes to kiss her on the cheek. How do you moves. remember this movie better than I do? Because I used to watch it as a teen. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I wasn't worried what, last night when we were watching it. Fair. But yeah, so she's like, it'll cost a kiss, and then they kiss, and it just turns into like, we're gonna do it now. Very quickly, she's like, oh, uh, let's go, bud. let's go, bud. But but then nine months, he goes back to Wall, and then nine months later, a baby gets dropped on his doorstep with a note from mom being like, this is Tristan. And he's like, got it. He's a good, he's immediately a supportive dad. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is my kid, and I have mm-hmm. to raise him alone? Awesome, cool, mm-hmm. I'm into it. And he raises, uh, we see him later. 18 years later. And it's Charlie Cox. And he's adorable. He is darling in this. And you know what we talked about that I really liked as well is that if any other actor had played this role, it would give like incel vibes. Yes. Because Tristan is in love with this girl named Victoria who's like... Played by Santa Miller. Santa Miller, who's like the hottest lady in the village, mm-hmm. being currently courted by Henry Cavill, the hottest dude in the village. <laughs> Henry Cavill looks <laughs> so stupid. I think movie. he looked great. He looked so stupid. He looked like a British dandy, which I think is what he was supposed to look like. But he basically, Tristan is like, oh, well, I'm in love with Victoria and I'm going to win her heart. And like all she does, all she does is be mean to him. All anyone in the town does is be mean to him. She gets him fired from his job. But also, they're not even that mean to him. She's just kind of like, oh, hello. Well, she's selfish and she gets him fired from his job. But also, he agrees to do that shit. Because she's like, oh, can you carry this stuff home for me? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he just leaves work in the middle of the day. You're going to get fired. 
The, I, but I, I agree. This movie, he is so charming. It doesn't give off incel vibes. Well, because his and he vibe, doesn't he's, seem entitled. He's not entitled, and I think he's very naive and innocent yeah. at the beginning of the film, which is what lends itself to that behavior. Naive is a nicer way because I was going to say he's just a dummy. He's <laughs> which I mean, is not a nice way, and maybe not as accurate. Um, yeah, and so you know he invites uh, Victoria for this picnic. Mm-hmm. A nighttime picnic with champagne. Mm-hmm. And then they see a shooting star. And she's like, he's like, if I bring you that star before your birthday in a week, uh-huh. will you at least consider marrying me? Uh-huh. And she's like, mm, all right. Then he tr- goes into the kingdom of Stormhold. Wait, I don't think he even is like, will you marry me? He's just like, will you maybe not marry Henry Cavill? And she's like, Okay. I mean, she really has nothing to lose at this yeah. point. She's like, oh, no, I might still have to marry Henry Cavill. Yeah. Uh, and a wig. By the way, there are so many wigs in this movie. This is a wig-ass movie. And I uh It's a wham. Loved it. Wig-ass movie. <laughs> wig-ass movie. Yeah, you fucking with some wig-ass movies. <laughs> and so he goes into the kingdom. Get a bucket full of props. For this wig-ass movie. <laughs> but now we have to explain the two subplots. Okay. Because the main plot of the movie is uh, Tristan finding the star, who is a person, yeah. not an object, named Evane, played uh-huh. by Claire Danes. Who is also wonderful, so charming. Truly, and one of the better British accents that I've heard of. Oh, my God. She's like... She's phenomenal. Anyway. Um, and so we're introduced to the two su- subplots. The first subplot is the king of Stormhold, mm-hmm. who's got... Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole, who's got seven sons, mm-hmm. um, and they're all named with the Latin numbers, which I thought was cool because the Romans used to name their daughters that way. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, all the sons are named that way, like mm-hmm. Primus, Secundus, Tertius, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Quartus, Quintus. Quartus, Quintus, Sextus, and Septimus. Septimus. <laughs> and, um, we're, we're not like other girls. We're smart. <laughs> we can count them Other girls are dumb because of their boobs. All of their <laughs> smartness goes into their boobs. And that's why we're smart. That does not explain why we have these honking titties. <laughs> we honk, must honk. be idiots then. We must be dumb as shit. Because, <laughs> goddamn. Anyway. Um, but the princes then um, the, were introduced to the storyline because the king has this like special ruby. And in order to find out who will be king, it has to be the last male heir. Mm-hmm. And they have to restore the ruby because the ruby loses its color. Mm-hmm. And so the fun a- part is that when all the brothers die because they're killing each other, yeah. they remain there as ghosts to, and literally just as like the chorus kind of or spectators yeah. just hanging out being goofy. It's so British. And like the makeup sort of shows how they were killed. Uh-huh. It's very cute. Um, There's one guy who was burned. One guy who was frozen. Uh, Rupert Everett was pushed out of a window. So he like looks flat, like he looks smushed. Um, very cute. It's very fun. It's it's so British. Like the way they kind of bicker with each other. It's just, it's so. It's very. This movie is very British. Very dry humor. Mm-hmm. Very uh, very but, witty. It's very, oh hello. Um, that was a. That's an example of British humor. You just walk up and you go, oh hello. You, it's and, just people, as Eddie Izzard said, it's just people walking into rooms going, uh, I, um, oh, oh, hello, oh. What is it, Sebastian? I'm arranging matches. I think I better go. I think you better had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can't devolve because we're just going to quote Eddie Izzard all night, so we have to stop. Um, so we've covered 
the main plot, we've covered the princes, and oh. then we go to... But, but what happens, the way the star falls out of the sky, sorry, is because uh, Peter O'Toole, before he dies, he's the king, is like, the last living male heir can, must restore, can restore the ruby to its true color or whatever. You got to find it. The, it magically flies off into oh, the sky. Right. And on its way there, knocks into the sky, knocks the star, Yvain, out of the sky, and she wakes up in like a crater. With a broken leg. Broken leg. And wearing the necklace. Um, Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. Um, but then we go to uh, another awesome subplot, which is the witches. Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. as the lead witch in charge. Mm-hmm. They're old, decrepit hags. Incredible makeup. They're sisters. Yeah, the makeup's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I will say <laughs> I don't love that in this movie you are either a young sex pot or an old witch. That's true. That's um, not fun. And we can, we can. Dig into women that. over 40 are old witches and women under 40 are like hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's me. I'm wearing a dress and I'm here to fuck. <laughs> so Sorry, let's continue. Well, with the witches, we learn that whoever has a, the heart of a star will mm-hmm. live forever. Yes. And so what the witches are doing is that the last star that fell 400 mm-hmm. years ago, they found her and cut out her heart, and that's what's been keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. So they give Michelle Pfeiffer the rest of the heart. Mm-hmm. She turns into, like... Regular Michelle Pfeiffer. Regular Michelle Pfeiffer. So, as as Allie would say, a hottie boombalati. Oh, thank you. You're but welcome. But she is. She is. She looks at herself in the mirror and goes, ooh. <laughs> that moment was so good. Loved it. I mean, also because Michelle Pfeiffer is clearly over 40, yeah. but she looks incredible. She looks insane. Also, this idea, and specifically for movies where it's like, if you're a woman, once you hit 40, we might as well take you out in the back and shoot you. Like, yeah. That's, it's like a miracle that someone over 40 looks, it's like, shut up. Chill I agree out. with you. Men are allowed to age. Especially, even in this movie, they recast, obviously they kind of need to, but like they cast um, an older actor to play Tristan's dad, like uh, years later. They keep the same actress to play Tristan's mom. They just put like a streak of maybe gray in her hair. They do. Yeah. yeah. I but, think that's a really valid point. So like if you're a man, you can age and people you are going to be, be like, as, you look great. If you're a guy, you can be as disgusting as you want. But if you're a woman, you have beauty standards. You know, if, you're, if you're a man, you can be gross. And they're like, wow, what an incredible performance. And if you're a woman and you're gross, they're like, how brave. Because looking at her and listening to her, even though we don't want to have sex with her, is really brave of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Michelle Fiber's like, I'm going to go find that star. And so then the adventure begins. Yes. And, and uh, Tristan meets Yvain. He mm-hmm. makes his way to the star. He is shooketh that uh-huh. it's a person. Yes. Um, and Yvain, like they, they don't really get along at first because... Mm-hmm. They're both naive in very different ways, mm-hmm. and Tristan is so focused on Victoria, and he doesn't even really notice that she, that Yvain is hurt. Yeah, and they walk for a really long way, mm-hmm. um, and that's when paths kind of collide. Yeah. So Primus, played by Jason Fleming, mm-hmm. who I adore. I didn't know you liked him. So I much. love him. He's in Primeval, which is um, a really unknown British TV show that I like about dinosaurs coming into modern times. But anyway, it doesn't matter about that. He is trying to intercept Uh 
He's trying to intercept. And so Michelle Pfeiffer uh, takes... Oh, the living brothers, because there's only two living brothers at this Primus point. Primus and Septimus. Yes. <laughs> so Jason Fleming and Mark Strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Primus is, uh, runs into Tristan because he leaves Yvain to go find food and water and stuff. While he's gone meeting with Primus, uh-huh. um, Michelle Pfeiffer has a young boy that she stole and turned into uh, a goat and then a young woman. And mm-hmm. then she turns a goat, played by Arthur Weasley, <laughs> into a man, conjures up an inn to be an innkeeper in her family to lure the star in and mm-hmm. take her heart. Yeah. So Yvain... Make her feel good so she can shine, and then when they cut out the heart, it's going to be extra nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so Yvain is rescued by a unicorn. Yes, I loved it! It was really good. <laughs> this and unicorn showed up when I cheered. It was awesome. She just is, like, casually riding a unicorn, mm-hmm. talking, hanging out. Talking to the unicorn, like... <sighs> I can't believe him. I He's so selfish. Boy. Can you believe this? And I just kept picturing, like, I really wanted the horse to be like, I, I didn't ask. <laughs> I'm doing you a favor because, like, I'm chill with the moon and the stars, but, like, this is a lot. (laughs) Are you going to ask me how I'm doing? I'm a unicorn, by the way. (laughs) Not a regular horse? Oh, was that all? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I realized I was taking up time. That's all right. right. Anyway, uh, Yvonne shows up at the inn. Um, Tristan has run into uh, Primus to be like, oh, I'm looking for this girl. I'll help you out if you let me get in your carriage. And they go to the inn and paths collide. And what ends up happening is that um, Michelle Pfeiffer draws Yvain a bath, offers to give her a massage, but it's like a a frontal massage. Well, she doesn't know what a massage is. I know. I know. Well, oh, clearly she doesn't, but it's like, yeah. it's weird because she's just about to like grab her really cool looking glass scimitar uh-huh. and just rip out that fucking heart. Uh-huh. And then Primus shows up. Yeah. So she goes to poison Primus. And he, it gets doesn't- in, he just sees a bath and gets in it. He's in someone else's bath that is buck nasty. He doesn't, first of all, he's an entitled prince. He probably doesn't know or care if it was meant for someone else. It's gross. I mean, it's a little gross basically like I don't want to think about it anyway (laughs) gross Uh so uh, Michelle Pfeiffer ends up slitting Primus's throat Uh and he bleeds blue which is pretty cool and I think I think it's fun it's clever because there's lots of like really cute little details with the way this movie looks um but I think it's also a clever way to get around this movie is PG-13 and you can't really show blood in a PG-13 movie and the blueness is a way to get around that yes Mm mm-hmm it is cool. I agree with you. There's a lot of small details that make this movie very charming. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. And the romance, basically it's set up that the romance is supposed to be between Tristan and Victoria, but over the course of the film, Tristan and Yvain fall in love, mm-hmm. which I think is very sweet. Yeah. And it's done very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of know, like, like, I'm a mean girl. It's like the next girl he meets is going to be the real girl that he likes, and he's going to realize that he doesn't like the first girl. He likes the new girl. Yeah. And it's a trope that's been done before, but this movie makes it feel really sweet. Yeah, she's sweet. all that does that. Every movie does that. Also, other movies by this dude do that. Not by this dude, but also Matthew Vaughn, who directed he directed this, he directed Kingsman, he directed Kick-Ass, he did X-Men First Class. He loves a movie where it's like, hey, 
that's me. I'm a guy from who's just a regular kid, and girls don't pay attention to me. And then he casts, like, one of the hottest young brown-haired actors of all <laughs> It's like Charlie Cox, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Taryn Edgerton. It's like these little cuties who are like, just me. Girls don't really notice. And like every girl in the theater is like slipping out of her chair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's really rude. But like Vivid imagery. It's so interesting. I remember seeing Kick-Ass when he was like, my only superpower was being invisible to girls. I'm like, you're truly one of the best looking people I've ever seen. Maybe he's invisible because he has a shitty personality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So we agree. We agree. Um, We're not fighting. I'm sorry, honey. No, I didn't think we were fighting. I just was trying to understand the direction you were going in. I think I was just angry because we have to see a lot of movies where it's like, I'm a dude. Who could love me? Oh, everyone? Okay. I agree. And it's also uh, the idea of like, not only, oh, I'm... I don't know how hot I truly am, and I can't self-actualize and love myself until a hot girl loves me, too. Yeah. Also, I'm not interested in getting to know the hot girl. She's there to validate me. It's bad on both ends. It's bad. But this movie, and while this movie dips into that trope a little bit, I do think it's very charming. The cast is so good that you're like, I like this. Exactly. Everyone acts so well, and I think it's well-written and well-produced. So... Even though there are issues like that with the gender roles, Mm -hmm. we kind of don't care because everyone is so good. It's light. It's buoyant. It's fun. And it's it's quick. The plot moves. It moves, There is not a boring moment in this movie. No. This movie is great. And it looks good. Anyway, what happens is uh, Tristan runs in and he's like, oh, Vane's here. Also, Michelle Pfeiffer's like, I'm a witch. And I'm tired of waiting. I got to cut your heart out. And they're like, oh, fuck. And she sets fire all around them. And they have this spooky thing. Spooky green this fire. Spooky green fire. They have this candle where you the light Babylon it. Babylon candle. The Babylon candle. And you think of it. Uh, like you hold, you light it. You think of where you want to go. And it takes you there. And he's like, Evane, okay, hold me tight. He goes, hold me. Hold me and, and think of home. And he lights it. And what happens is they are each thinking of different homes. He's thinking of wall. She's thinking of. The space. sky, yeah, space, space. and, and so, they end up in the clouds, and they have a very cute fight because he's like, "What the fuck are we doing up here?" She's like, "Uh, I'm a star. I live in in the sky. I live bitch. in the sky, you idiot." Yeah. Um, and then they're picked up by aerial pirates, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. A big flying pirate ship. Apparently, that's not in the book. I oh, never read I, the book. I, read, I don't I, really care for Neil Gaiman's p- writing. Full disclosure. Oh. So. I went on Wikipedia, and apparently there is a flying pirate ship in the book, but it wasn't super memorable to me. Okay. Um, it's not the same. Um, the Neil Gaiman, I have read two Neil Gaiman things, and in both of them, a young man oh, here we go. has sex with a woman who is partially a cat, and it's like the best thing that ever happened to him. And that tells me something about Neil Gaiman. That Neil Gaiman wants to fuck a cat? I don't think he wants to fuck a cat. Because that's animal abuse. No, I don't think he wants to fuck a cat. I just think he wants a lady who kind of is a cat. So... I think he wants, like, a Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman situation. I think he wants, like... I don't think he's a furry. But I think he's interested in, like... I think he was maybe affected as a child by, like, sexy cats from Disney. What sexy cats from Disney? Well, like, they used to draw them with, like, pretty eyelashes and shit. What sexy cats are you referring to? <laughs> Aristocats. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying Neil Kamen might. 
Ew. I'm trying to humanize Neil Gaiman <laughs> in this way. I mean, I think I respect all the effort and creativity that he puts into his books. I just don't really care That's for him. That's just wild that I've author. read two. I've read two, and in both, that happened. That's kind of like how you can tell that James Cameron is super into like tall, brunette, mm-hmm. somewhat alien, androgynous looking women mm-hmm. yeah. from every movie he's ever done. Also, because the people who made Avatar were like, uh, we just paid attention to what James wanted, so we drew the Avatar people with long fingers and feet and long legs. And then they put that out into a publication. Oh my God. Can you imagine if the people you worked with were like, yeah, we know what they like? <laughs> anyway. I hope my coworkers don't know that about me. I don't think they do. I don't, I'm very professional. I don't know what you like, man. You've met my boyfriend. I do know what you like. <laughs> I didn't like the way I said that. That's all right. Where were we? <laughs> they're on a cloud and they're on a pirate ship in the sky. And who is the captain? Robert De Niro. Allie, the love of Allie's life, it's Robert not the De love Niro. of my life. I just really like Robert De Niro a lot because I'm Italian. I'm sorry. What nationality? I'm Italian. Really? Okay. Say five different kinds of Italian pasta. Uh, Fellini. <laughs> That's a person. I know. I just, thought, I just thought it was funny. It is funny. <laughs> Fellini. Rigatoni. Okay, that's um, one. Four more. Spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> Macaroni. Okay. Ravioli. Okay. One more. Fettuccine. There we go. She's uh, Italian. I'm Italian. I'm Italian. I'm more Italian than Robert De Niro actually is. Um, really? Well, I think culturally he's more Italian, but like in terms of blood <laughs> I don't like where this is going <laughs> I am I am speechless Tipper is over on the table gasping for air Tipper is crying I'm Tipper. sorry I think it just the concept of like Italian blood quantum <laughs> that's a spicy bloodline I mean blood quantum is fucked up and yeah. Horrible, but horrifying, awful. Apply it to Italians, and it's, it's kind hilarious. Of funny. <laughs> and I, you know why I think it's funny is because Italians are always like, I know I've made this joke before, but you're never gonna be like, oh, are they Italian? They never talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like every Italian is like, hey! well, Italian culture is just so laid back and vivacious that like thinking about fascism that ever happened there is like you're like how did this happen these people are so chill that's how it they happened they take a nap in the middle of that's the day that's how it happened that's how it happened no i know i know they woke up and they were like oh what a minute <laughs> do you know also do you know how mussolini was assassinated they hung him upside down or some shit well right? they did that after they killed him but he was killed in a drive-by bicycle shooting <laughs> good <laughs> isn't that so good that makes me so happy. Yeah. I'm glad. Also, so funny. That's so funny. Isn't that so Italian? That's so Italian. Just hey, like Benito, a- we wanted to give you a gift. Just, and then riding away on a motorcycle. No, not even. Just like, like a, a, a bicycle. Allie, a it was not even a motorcycle or a Vespa. It was straight up a bicycle. No, I know. <laughs> With like a look. Can you just imagine like assassinating someone and then like, ring, ring. I'm riding my putting bike. The gun, putting the gun back in the little basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
putting and being like, oh, I got to pick up the bread for the mom. <laughs> Covering the gun with the bread. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, she la luna de <laughs> We oh. have to talk about the movie. I know, but thinking about killing fascists is so funny. <laughs> That's true. It's a good time. I mean, we don't condone murder, but if someone wanted to kill a fascist but live drive-by bicycle shooting, that is very funny and historical. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. They're on the boat with Robert De Niro. The sky boat. He, uh, his name is Captain Shakespeare. And he kind of pretends he's going to hold them hostage or murder them. And he pretends to throw Tristan out the window so his crew thinks that they've killed him. And it turns out he's a nice guy. A very flamboyant gay man who's trying to preserve his fearsome reputation. This is also something that I was like, should I not like this? But it's so charming and it's clearly done with love by De Niro. Like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel too stupid or campy or mean. I think so. I think the only thing you and I both had a problem with is that when um, Captain Shakespeare is, like, alone, he, Uh like, plays dress up with all the fine clothes he has and, like, a feather boa. Yeah. And draws, like, a little Marie Antoinette heart on his cheek. Mm -hmm. But, like, honestly, he's just having a good time. Yeah. And the nice part about that story arc that I felt was Mm -hmm. that his crew... Mm Mm-hmm plays along with him. Yeah. And he gets so worried about coming out to them, essentially, that yeah. when he does come out, they're they're like, yeah, we knew. We love you. And also, we don't care because we love you. Yeah. and it's, Which I thought was very nice. It's very sweet. Dexter Fletcher plays, like, his first mate that is very... And there's a lot of eye rolling so that yeah. we know that he knows. Yeah. Um, very cute. Very um, cute. Anyway, he's like, I, here's all these clothes... I'm going to make sure you get safely to whatever, to wherever you're going. Um, Evane, I'm going to pretend that I've kidnapped you and then we'll drop you off. And um, Tristan, they're gonna, we're going to pretend you're like my nephew. Um, we're going to give you a makeover. He gives him a makeover. And he looks good. Oof, looking good. Because they leave the boat to have a scene with Ricky Gervais. Didn't need to be in the movie. It was just kind of like, okay. It was one of those where in 2007, it was like... They were like, we got Ricky Gervais. Let's, got him, let's, let's have him do some improv. Let's have, let's have fun. Um, uh, and watching it now, we're just like... Ah. We get it. You don't like being places. Um, is that... Whatever. Um, uh. Hey, does anyone know if Ricky Gervais is an atheist? <laughs> I'm sorry. How, how would we know? How would we know? Um, <laughs> we... Uh, but anyway, we get they get back on the boat, and Tristan's there in this outfit. His hair is long. He's wearing a gorgeous coat and boots. This was definitely a moment of, okay, am I attracted to him, or do I just kind of like that haircut and that outfit? And I think it's both, but okay. I do think I wouldn't look good in that outfit. I don't think I would thrive in that outfit. Okay. I But I did love his hair. He looked really Beautiful. good. Beautiful. And then... Oh, this whole film takes place over the course of a week. Uh-huh. Um, yet somehow, and I know that like it's fantasy, so uh-huh. don't think about it too much. But over the course of a week, Captain Shakespeare teaches Yvain how to be a lady and teaches Tristan like how to master the art of the blade. Yeah, and he gets really good at it. Yeah, and uh, 
it's fun. It's cute. And so they're going to drop them off at the next port. And and they do. And um, they give Tristan uh, some lightning because they harness lightning and that's what they sell. Mm-hmm. And also um, on this thing that you're seeing that like Tristan and Evain are kind of liking each other more. Ooh. And she is light. She's shining. Because she's, she's like, a star. She's a star. But she's a star. She's a star. You're a star, baby. Don't let anyone tell you different. Um, but she like glows when she's happy. And we're noticing that she's glowing around Tristan. Like when Tristan is like, ah, ha, ha, or smiling or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, ooh, ooh. Um, anyway, they, uh, the, oh, the Septimus is still looking for them. Mark Strong. In a wig. He looks so good in that wig. Why did he look so good? I think it's because he reminds us of a less passive-aggressive Severus Snape. Oh. Maybe. Like like if Snape was less uh, slinky. A bitch? (laughs) If Snape was like less slinky in the shadowsy. Yeah. And more um, aggressive. Yeah, more in your face. That would be Mark Strong in this movie. I dug it. It was fun. He did a great job. He knew what movie he was in. He Absolutely. was having a great time. And it, everyone, we were having everyone a good time. in this movie was having a good time. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is also finding on there. Everyone's kind of coming together to figure out, to find the star. Um, and as Michelle Pfeiffer keeps using more magic, uh-huh. she keeps getting older and more decrepit. Uh-huh. Um, she also runs, Michelle Pfeiffer crosses paths. With Tristan's mom, who's uh-huh. the slave to this witch named Ditchwater Sal, which I thought was a really cool name. Uh-huh. And Ditchwater Sal tries to double cross her, so she curses her that she won't even be able to perceive the star when she sees it. Yeah. So when Tristan and Yvain are trying to get to Wall, uh-huh. Ditchwater Sal turns Tristan into a mouse, uh-huh. puts him in her carriage, and Yvain gets on there because she doesn't know that she exists. Uh-huh. Takes them closer to the wall, like a mile away. Into the the little town. To the same market where the mom, who we find out whose name is Una, Uh meets Tristan's dad. Then changes him out from being a mouse. But during the the ride, Yvain gives him some cheese because he's a cute little mouse. Little mouse. And professes her love for him. He's actually a sugar glider. That's when we were watching this movie. Allie drunkenly turns over to me. She goes, That's a sugar mouse. And I said, What? Yeah, I went, It's a sugar mouse. It's a sugar. It's a baby sugar. <laughs> and and I went, was like, what, what are you trying to say right and, now? And you said, You're drunk. I did say that because you and were. Then I, and I Googled it and went, See? <laughs> it's a sugar glider. It's a sugar glider. They're very cute. I don't normally like rodents, but this Darling. was a cute ass They're mouse. They're often, I think, used as pets. Anyway. She's talking to the mouse, and she's like, hey, let me know if you can understand me. And the mouse is just like, like not doing anything because it's a mouse. And he's eating cheese, having a great time. Eating cheese. But she says, if you understand me, look at me. And the mouse just goes like, meep, and looks up at her. It's very cute. No, the mouse doesn't look at her. Yeah, he does. No, that's the whole point. Because she's like, if you understand what I'm saying, look at me. And he looks at the cheese. And she's like, oh. Oh, I didn't get that. No, the whole point is she feels comfortable to tell him this stuff because she's like, well, he doesn't know. He's a mouse. And so. Psych, he did know. He did know. We find out later because she essentially confesses that she loves him. And it's a really sweet little scene. Claire Danes is phenomenal in this. A great monologue. It doesn't feel too saccharine. It doesn't feel like lame or corny or whatever. It's genuine. It's so genuine. She is wonderful. She truly is. She's a Um, phenomenal actress. She is. And then basically... 
they the get t- there. They get there. Ditchwater Sal turns him back into a, a real boy. A real boy. And they, he and Yvonne go get a, like a, an inn. They mm-hmm. go to an inn. They stay in a room. He tells her that he loves her too. Uh-huh. And they make out and then they clearly do it. Yeah. <clears throat> like very clearly. And they had sex. And they had sex. They're two adults. And they decided to engage in a sexual act with one another. They did sex on each other. They did sex on each other. And I hope they had a good time. I'm sure they did. She was in the sky for like ever. That's true. Then Tristan wakes up early the next morning to go to Wall. Uh And he cuts off a piece of Yvain's hair to give to Victoria to be like, oh, I said I would bring this to you, so I'm bringing it, but I'm really not into you anymore. Um, And so they have this standoff where... Henry Cavill's like, oh, you're back, you little dweeb. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. What's up, dork? <laughs> and then because Tristram has been taught the art of the blade, mm-hmm. um, he stands swing- up for himself. He swings that sword around. And it's a big sword, too. Yeah. Um, Get and it? And so then he, he gives her, he gives Victoria the napkin with Yvain's hair, and she's like, it's just stardust. Well, but first she's like... <sighs> Never mind. I don't even. I don't know that I even want this because you look fucking good now. Um, do you want to hook up? And he's like, no. Right. He's like, no, because you're shallow, and I love someone and else. He's like, I'm out of here. And she but looks then, on the napkin. She's like, uh, this is a bunch of fucking dust. And that's when we realize if Yvonne crosses into the human side of the wall, she will turn into dust or yes. a rock because yeah. that's what stars kind of are. No, they're not. They're hot gas. Well. Upon entering the Earth's atmosphere, okay, I'm going to be honest. Well, it's not a shooting star then. She's technically a meteorite. Look, it has been so long since I've been to the planetarium. (laughs) And I'm not going to be able to answer this. So let's move forward. I just think (laughs) calling her a star is a fallacy if she's turning into a rock. Meteorite, Meteorite is not as sexy. I disagree. Keeping it meteor tight. You're right. It is a sexy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sexy. All right. All it right. is a sexy. Okay. It's sexy. Okay. Um, anyway. So he runs back to the wall to try to save Yvonne. And um, right before she, but the thing is all the other people are, are converging at the same time. So mm-hmm. right as she's about to cross the wall, Tristan's mom has taken a hold of the carriage because she has seen Yvonne. And, and she, she wants to protect her, her because yeah, she, she knows. she stops her and she goes like, no, 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 you can't cross this wall. Here, come on, let's go. And then... Ditchwater Sal comes out and, and is mad. really confused. She still can't see the star. Uh-huh. Then Michelle Pfeiffer gets there, kills Ditchwater Sal, uh-huh. captures Una and Yvain, uh-huh. and rides off. Uh, Tristan then goes and sees what happened. He rides after them. Uh-huh. And then Septimus goes and sees what's happened, and then he goes after them. Yeah, so they... Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. So Yvain... And uh, the princess, we find out she's a princess. Uh, Una, princess, she's Una. the missing prince, the missing sister of all the princely brothers. Yes. Uh, they're, they're back at the witch's house, which is this big, grand, like, mansion. It's cool. With it's a bunch cool of animals. Shit. I want to live there. It's very pretty. But only because it's decrepit and spooky. Yeah, you love a spook house. If I could live in a, a decrepit mansion, I think I would really like that. I, I want that for you, honey. Thank you. I want that for me, too. I want, um, I want to feel safe. Am I right? No. Anyway. Safety's for nerds. <laughs> Don't put on a seatbelt, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We didn't have them in the 50s, and we all turned out great. Thank you, Ralph Nader, for seatbelts. Um, what? Yeah. What? Pretty sure that was Ralph Nader's claim to political fame, was uh, mandating seatbelts. Okay. I. All right. What a fucking nerd. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Sorry, I'm very grateful because he was right. But it's Thanks, also Ralph. Like, all right. Ralph, if you're listening, we appreciate that one thing I you did. I don't care about Ralph Nader. So the girls <laughs> and the witches are at the house. The girls and the witches are at the house. Uh, and they're going to cut out um, Evane's heart. But yeah. she's not shining, and they're like, whatever, we'll do it anyways. Yeah. Well, uh, just a heart is better than no heart. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, because of Vane, the reason she was going to walk to the wall is because she... Oh, uh, yeah. We didn't explain this part. Tristan tried to leave a message with the guy who worked at the inn, and then the inn gave her a bet. The inn guy relayed the message poorly to Evane. So Evane thinks that he's gone back to Victoria. And, and that he doesn't love her anymore. Yeah, that he doesn't, that he didn't even really love her. And uh, so she's like, well, I guess I'm just going to go to the fucking wall. And be like, hey, Victoria, here's this. And then I'll just fucking leave or whatever. Like she, she doesn't, she's just sad. She's just sadly walking. So she thinks Tristan is gone and was like, peace out, girl. He, in the words, he hit it and quit it. Wise words. Tooted and booted. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, in the words of David Bowie. Slammed it, then j- didn't Jim and Pam it. Whoa, okay. I'm, again... I'm a poet. Anyway, so she said uh, they're going to kill her. And Tristan and Septimus show up at the place at the same time. And they're like, okay, we're both going to go in. And Uh, they they decide that out of necessity, they need to work together, form an alliance. Yes. And uh, once they're inside, uh, Septimus begins fighting the witches to no avail. They make a voodoo doll of him. They crack, they crack all his bones. Mm-hmm. It was very... Allie didn't like it. I, I thought didn't it was like cool. it. I don't like looking at it. And then they throw his voodoo doll into a fountain and he drowns to death, but it's really... He just is like floating in the air like... It's very clever. There are lots... All the action scenes are very like fun and clever and like... Um, it's cute. I liked, I liked this movie. It was cute. And then Una meets up with Tristan and kind of keeps him from mm-hmm. fighting while Septimus is fighting. Yeah. Explains, like, I'm your mom. You can do this. Love you, boo. Go fight the witches. So proud of you. That's yeah. a lot to hand, hear in, in a second. <laughs> it was a lot. That's a lot to take in. Um, but um, Septimus managed to take out one of the witches. Um, yeah. And then Tristan manages to take out the other one, who's not Michelle Pfeiffer, because he releases all the animals they keep in cages for divination, yeah. and they maul her to death and then just peace out. Yeah. So then it's just Michelle Pfeiffer is the only remaining witch, and they have a really badass showdown. Uh-huh. That was pretty fucking cool. Where, like, they use, she uses the voodoo doll to use... Um, Septimus's corpse to fight. Yes. And so no matter what he does or stabs him, he's already dead. Yeah. And he's a. Uh, I thought that was the coolest part I of the movie. I think it's really clever. I, I think love that's good. an undead corpse army. That's even why though I it was just it. one guy. I thought it was clever and I thought it was well done. It was. And it's a fun bit of also like physical comedy. Um, it was. It was. It was funny, despite how like creepy it is. It was very very cute. silly. This movie is cute. Um. And then after the showdown ends. Um, she fakes him out by being like, just go. Cause my sisters are dead. 
And I'm so sad. And like, none wh- of it matters anymore. Just get out before I change my and mind. And before they get to the door, she's like. Literally <laughs> the most epic moment because she's crying like. <laughs> and then just immediately transitions into evil laugh and Very shuts well the doors. Done. And she's like, psych! <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah. Um, and they know there's no way out. Mm-hmm. And then Evane tells Tristan, okay, hold me close and close your eyes. He's like, I don't understand what's going on. She goes, I'm a star. And what do stars do best? We shine. And then so she shines so bright that it like burns everything out. Like it it basically, she shines so bright that Michelle Pfeiffer bursts into flames and disintegrates essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yay. Um, And he's like, "Uh, why didn't you do that before? And she's like, I couldn't. Because she goes, no star can shine with a broken heart, but you came back. But with a better accent, because I'm not good at it. Uh, which you're I'm bra- all right I'm, at it. I'm power. I look, that's very sweet, but I am not. <laughs> all right. You're terrible at it, you dumb idiot. Fuck you. <laughs> she says, no star can shine with a broken heart. And hers was like broken because she was like. She thought that her one true love had betrayed her for another. But because Tristan came back. She's like, oh, and he's like, I love you. Yeah, you stupid idiot. I love you. And they kiss, and you're like, yay. And, and then uh, they're going to the, leave. They, and they become, oh, before they leave, they, they find, realize that they've got the stone from her necklace, which was the ruby. Uh-huh. And then all of the ghosty boys are like, oh, my God, he turned it into a ruby. Oh, my God, is that our sister, Una, who we've, has been missing for 20 years? They, all the ghosts are having a, they're learning a lot. Um <laughs> And they're like, well, you're the last male heir, so that means... You're king. You're king, and everything's good. All the ghosts can go up to wherever ghosts go. Um, And now you're in charge, and there's this big coronation where everybody's invited. And Tristan's parents get back together, which is very sweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) in in the uh, seats observing the coronation, Captain Shakespeare and all his pirates are Mm -hmm. there, which is very cute. And And also Sienna Miller and Henry Cavill. Why did he invite them? That would have been freaky of them to be like, oh, wait, there's actually magic on the other side. I think so. But I think at the same time, it's kind of like if you grow up in a really small town or village and everyone knows everyone for their whole lives, it's kind of like you can't not invite them. They, and also it's it's a pretty big fuck you. It's a huge. I mean, the whole reason they do is they're in there in that last scene is because we can tie up all the loose ends of the movie and they can have like a yay, fuck you. And I think the best part of the end mm-hmm. that you pointed out yeah. is that Henry Cavill gives Captain Shakespeare a very cheeky wink and well, we're like, oh, they're going to fuck. Well, yeah, because first what happens they is fucking. De Niro looks at Henry Cavill and is like, hey. And then Henry Cavill is like, hey. <laughs> so and you're the like, subtext oh, is, oh. you're really attractive. You want to have sex with me? And they're, they, they do. I'm, I'm assuming they do. I, miss I hope they do. I want the best for them. Um, but the whole thing is Santa Miller's like, ah, what? Um, because she's shallow and made the wrong decision. I guess, but it's also like, we love to punish women. Um, I liked this movie. I did too. Uh, I think some of the gender roles could have been explained better. I do not think this movie passes the Bechdel test, which as we know is not an indication of whether a film is feminist or not. The whole point of the Bechdel test is that the bar is so low. Exactly. Um, And this movie doesn't even pass that. No. Um, But it is still enjoyable and fun. Uh Um, I would recommend this movie. Yeah, it's delightful. It's a good little fantasy film. Um... The cast is super charming. Everything about this movie is fun. Like, if I had kids, Mm -hmm. I would let them watch this movie when they were, like, in fifth grade. Yeah, I would, too. 
It's cute. Of uh, course, my children will first grow up on Lord of the Rings. Yes. And Star Wars. Uh-huh. Okay, rude. I'm sorry. I, I think it's great. I think Stardust wouldn't exist without Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, first of all. Uh, no, it's, yeah. So, fuck you. Oh, my God. How dare you disparage my nerdiness I on, our, on our podcast? I was not. The disrespect. <laughs> the volume on this bus is astronomical. I was not saying that you, I'm not talking shit. Allie, I'm teasing you. No, now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You come into my house, <laughs> tell me that I don't know what it is to be a nerd-ass bitch. <laughs> Who have you been talking to? <laughs> You're right. This your is, dad. I know. I've been talking to your dad. I, would, I called 1-800-MAD-DAD. Would... dad And I paid for the disappointed dad package. I could have given you that for free. <laughs> like, hey, dad, I'm gay, but I also don't know what I'm doing career-wise. And guess which one he's more upset about. Career. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Yeah, I guess. It's great. Question. What? Do you think this movie's romantic? Yes, very. I agree. This movie is very romantic. It is. Very cute. Do you think it's sexy? Um, I don't know. It feels, I think the reason why I'm hesitant is because it feels almost, it's like borderline family movie. Uh-huh. And so it feels more like cute and sweeping and it's not like, oh, Oh, well, well. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> is that what you think being sexy is? I, sometimes I, I, I genuinely ask because sometimes I cannot tell if you're joking. <laughs> I think um, it's not, but it is funny. The problem is anytime someone has let me know that they find me sexy, I'm always surprised. Why? Because I don't know what I did. You didn't you didn't do anything. But like what was it? <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that another time. What are are they okay? Cuz like I'm a babe but like what's going on? I don't um, like your tone. We can Be nicer to my friend. Thanks. We can cut this. Keep We're it not in. that guarantees he's going to keep it in. God damn it. <laughs> I should just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you could, but I then think we wouldn't I'm, have I'm, nearly I'm, as much material. I think I'm attractive. You I are. get it. I, I get that I have a vibe, but I also, if you if you were to be like, Allie, how do you act sexy? I couldn't tell you. Okay, well, there's a difference between acting sexy and being sexy. Valid. And I, the, the reality is, I don't know either one. <laughs> and that's okay, because if it, do, it's, it doesn't need to be on your radar for it to be true. Yeah. Oh, we're learning. We're throwing out really great advice here on the pod. Oh, I'm filled with great advice. Do I've you... made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I have two. That's okay. We're almost 30. If we haven't made mistakes by now, we haven't done anything. That's true. Um, Do you have a favorite spoon? What? Like... I was, I, there, side note, I saw a meme where it was oh. like, if you're pushing 30 and you don't have a favorite spoon, are you really pushing 30? And I do have a favorite spoon. I might. I do. I don't know that I do. <sighs> I have. I'm a mess. I have a favorite. What do I like? What is your favorite piece of silverware? Um, a fork. Okay. Four pronged or three pronged? Four. I'm not a. I'm not a. 
I'm not a Frenchman. What? <laughs> Anyways. What? I have a more... I'm not... A, am I okay? No, you're not. You need to go to bed. A Frenchman? <laughs> I think I was trying to say fancy. Am I bad? <laughs> no. Did you think this movie was romantic and or sexy? Yeah, I think it was romantic. I didn't find it particular. My my barometer for whether it's romantic is if I'm rooting for them to fall in love, which yes. it was. Yes. And for is it sexy is do I want to make out with my boyfriend after watching this? And the answer is no. That's a good barometer. Yeah. Yeah. This was a fun. I like this movie. I did too. And now that we know we'd recommend it, we have to ask the most important question of all. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Okay, here we go. All right. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. First, we'll do Fuck, Mary kill, man edition, then woman edition. I'm loving this. Fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Peter O'Toole. Okay. Goat man. What? Or Primus. Oh. Okay, these are great. I'm going to marry Goatman. Because <laughs> I felt really bad for him. No, I'm killing Goatman to put him out of his misery. Because he's a goat man. <laughs> okay. I'm going to marry... Um, Primus. Because it's like... I feel like he has... He has even if he's not king, he still has some kind of standing, and I'm sure we have a really nice house. And I'm going to fuck Peter O'Toole, because that's the right answer. Huh. You would fuck old Peter O'Toole? I feel like he knew what was up. Okay. He made so many movies where it was like, hey, I'm still old, but women are into it. And I'm like, maybe he had a point. I want to know. Okay. How about you? Mm, I think I would marry Peter O'Toole because then I could be queen. That's that's probably smarter. I would <laughs> kill Primus. The only reason that I would fuck Goatman and kill Primus is because I know Primus would be a selfish lover. He and would. And I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. No. Nobody had time for that. Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fuck, Mary kill, lady edition. Let's party. Fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Sienna Miller. Oh. Ditchwater Sal. Oh. Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, my God. Well, we're marrying Michelle Pfeiffer. Really? Yes. Okay. I would do anything. I wouldn't do anything for Michelle Pfeiffer. I just really like her, and I think I trust her, and I think she'd be nice to me. Um, I follow her on Instagram. She seems like a lovely woman. Oh. Um, uh, I would fuck Sienna Miller, and I'd kill Ditchwater Sal. Because she's not to be trusted. If you have a slave, I don't want to hang out with you. That's true. How about you? I'm actually conflicted about this because part of me wants to marry Michelle Pfeiffer, but part of me thinks that I should kill her because <gasps> I don't think that we would have a good relationship because we're too competitive. Oh. At least her character in this movie, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, which mm-hmm. uh, we would just compete each other out of house and home. You're right. So for that reason, I have to kill Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know. I would probably fuck Sienna Miller mm-hmm. just because it is meaningless. And then I would marry oh. Ditchwater Sal and we'd have like a gross, creepy life together. In that cart? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the cart. Um, uh, I'm, I might have one. Okay. Let's go with the little young, young hotties. 
Young hotties. I, okay. like, I know it's contrived but to do fuck, marry, kill with young hotties, but let's do it. Okay. We got uh, Tristan's dad at the beginning with the little baby, the young, the little hottie one. Pretty bitch. Pretty bitch. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I recognize he's like an adult man who's good. He's actually great in The Punisher. What, this, whatever. Pretty bitch. <laughs> Doubling down. Charlie Cox and this, uh, Tristan, little baby, baby boy. Or your boyfriend, Henry Cavill. Okay, well, we all know the answer. I'm... I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it so people know. <laughs> Fine! <laughs> Obviously, I would marry Henry Cavill. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Um, I would kill Pretty Bitch because I'm not into pretty guys, and I would probably fuck Tristan because he he's there. <laughs> He's got a baby face. I'm not into it. You're not into you're not into um you're not into delicate features. I know this is like maybe fucked up because there's like a million podcasts where guys are like, I wouldn't fuck this girl if I did a punch her in the face. What? Oh, Joe Rogan. Continue. Yeah, but um I recognize that maybe we might be pulling a double standard here, but Whatever. Well, I no, think... Whatever was not the right response. Well, um, I think <laughs> it's okay, and the only reason I do is because we're playing it as a game, yeah. and I, for one, am not serious about any of the answers I give for Fuck, Mary Kill, because Same. it's a game. It's a game. Is the idea a little fucked up? Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to keep playing it? Probably. Absolutely. And on that note, that was Stardust. <laughs> this has been wonderful. Um... Thank you for listening. Um, we really appreciate you hanging out with us today on the pod. Mm -hmm. And if you want to learn more info or just keep up with us, you can follow us on our social media. Mm -hmm. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at HellNoCast, mm -hmm. which is also the name of our website. It's HellNoCast.com. But wait, there's more. Oh. If you want to email us. Yes. Our email is hellnocast at gmail.com. We also have a really handy contact form on our website. So yeah. if you have any thoughts about my preference in men, uh -huh. definitely let us know. Yeah. Or anything else about, you know, the movie we talked about, too. Something about me. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, another... <laughs> is crying. No, I'm not. I'm okay. Oh, it looked like you were crying. I know. Your face got really red. I know. <laughs> Another way that you can contact us or help us out would be to leave us a five-star review and a like on Apple Podcasts. I know every podcaster asks for this, but we're trying to get noticed and we're doing this with a lot of love and fun in our hearts and the more positive feedback you can give us, the better. So if you have done that, we really appreciate you we and really your do. kind words. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't done it, do it. If you want, but do also, it now. Please do it. Read Come the on. reviews. Leave one. Come on, just like leave a review. Just do it. Just click. Just five do it, stars. you simple bitch. Hey, you're fun. You know what'd be really fun? A five star review. Just leaving like a five star review. Just casually, no big deal, no just pressure. Fun. We're not gonna. No one's gonna know. No one will know if you don't want them to know. They're all gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, bye. I love you. <laughs> you Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous. As well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah.